0: And welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show. As I look outside, and I just have to say...
1: Oh, you're going to go there, aren't
0: you? It's really sunny out.
1: (laughs) To our East Coast friends who are snowed in right now, we send all of our love and sympathy.
0: Except for those of you who went, why would you want to move to Cleveland? It snows a lot in Cleveland. (laughs) I think we got a couple of flurries. There wasn't even enough to clear off a car. I can see all the pavement. How
1: about not rubbing it in? Because there are people still trying to find the hump that is their car.
0: (sighs) Just saying.
1: I was reading a Facebook post today that plows haven't even made it down some of the neighborhood streets yet. I believe it. And so the person that posted this was like, I will continue my path from yesterday, my path to nowhere. (laughs) But, I mean, you got to imagine, cabin fever is probably setting in pretty hard
0: by now. Yeah, about day three it happens. Yeah. You know who else was probably experiencing some cabin fever a couple of weeks ago? Actually, they may still be experiencing that cabin fever. All of the engineers at McLaren who had walked into the factory at the end of the season and apparently had the doors closed and locked behind them so they could not get out.
1: They were told, you stay here until you figure out an
0: engine. Figure out the entire dang car. Well, there's that. Word has come out from sources inside McLaren that the team sacrificed their Christmas holidays to get the car ready for 2016. Which, honestly, after their performance, I should frickin' hope so. (laughs) Um.
1: Now, sources, and I use air quotes here so that everybody on the podcast can see them Mm -hmm. because apparently I still think that this is a video link. Well, there's still sources. But sources say that um, they will have significantly improved power and be able to, and this is my best line from the article I read about this, be able to fully deploy its ERS after a major overhaul during
0: the winter period. Well, that was part of their problem was that they couldn't get enough deployment out of it but i just wonder if these are the exact same sources who last year said that mclaren would be challenging for podiums and wins by the end of the 2015 season by the middle of the 2015 season they were saying that mclaren was going to be challenging for podiums i just want to know if it's the same sources
1: well i question perhaps they thought there was an alternative podium for being in the back
0: or there, are, there was a participation trophy. Or are these the same sources that claim that the Stig has a tattoo of his face on his face?
1: These could be the some saves. It could I'm be.
0: Ju- I'm just wondering.
1: Um. Apparently, due to the efforts of Chief Engineer Peter Prodromo. Prodromo. Prodromo See. Close-ish. They have completely relocated the ERS system. And um, You mean they put it in a car? Yeah. They, <laughs> I think that they put it inside this time.
0: <laughs> relocated it.
1: Well, they made modifications to the car's uniquely compact design, which is yeah. determined by Honda. But they were able to – this is what the article says, is
0: relocate it. Actually, no. That design was not – No, Honda, was, Honda look,
1: insisted that it be a smaller footprint engine. I
0: heard – I heard that their aerodynamic shape was McLaren dictated that, not Honda.
1: Oh, see, I read the opposite. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, sure no, I thought it was Honda that produced the smaller engine, so aero wrapped around it in a smaller shape, and that's why mid-season they were having such a hard time, because they couldn't
0: well, increase was anything. Well, cooling and other issues, yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway. Anyway...
0: So, would you like to know how Sebastian Vettel started the new year? Waking up? After he did that. He uh, spent some time at uh, the Ferrari Test Track in uh, Fiorano, driving the 2014 F1 car.
1: Fernando's car? Yes. Why was he driving fernando's car
0: well keep in mind that would be the last car that fernando drove for ferrari and it was still a turbo-powered car so what better way to get feedback i mean granted they would have had kimmy that you know could have given them some feedback but that's kimmy so you know his feedback is fix a damn car um (laughs) <laughs> so why not turn around and have seb get behind that car and compare and contrast the trip the two
1: well and seb is kind of known for giving really good feedback to um the engineers that's one of the things that they talked about in red bull as being one of his best qualities mm-hmm. just why i think that after seb leaves formula one he will go to the engineering department of a team.
0: I don't know if engineer, I, I could see him becoming, going into management somehow, though, with a team and staying involved.
1: I think he'll become like Nikki Lauda.
0: Except effective?
1: Nikki's effective ish.
0: Nikki's a spokesperson. He's a very well paid spokesperson. But as we have seen, he does not do much to set direction of that team Toto Wolff does
1: well yeah there don't be ever dismayed that Toto is not the man in charge of that team
0: Mm -hmm. so from Sebastian Vettel and we forgot I totally forgot to mention this story last week but it apparently has some legs um would you like to know what Max Verstappen did to start the new year
1: Yes, I would always like to know what happened What happened with
0: Max. Well, apparently it's good to be a driver for the Red Bull teams, especially as an 18-year-old. Because how many 18-year-olds do you know not only get handed the keys to an F1 car, in particular, this was the RB7, which is probably a three- or four-year-old F1 car? handed the keys to the f1 car and told go drive it on the ski slope oh nice um to promote this year's austrian grand prix red bull handed max the keys to the car with uh that they fitted out with special studded tires because you know pirelli doesn't normally make studded snow tires for f1 cars
1: I, how do you do that? Do you put the studs straight on the slicks, or do you go with like a wet or inner? It,
0: it, it's the wet tire. <laughs> it, it, I'm, I'm serious. It's the wet tire. It's got all the grooves. It's a blue sidewall. Okay. With metal studs in it. Nice. Um, brought the car up, flew it up, probably hoisted it up in a couple of ways, and set him loose at uh, the world famous Kitzbühel ski resort to go drive the slopes. Now. Unfortunately, the special tires were not quite good enough as the temperatures got warmer, and they actually put tire chains on the car as well. Oh, wow. Um, We put the footage up. You can check our Facebook feed for it. It, It's there. Um, But they're in trouble now. Austrian authorities are considering fining Red Bull almost $33,000 for this because it seems that Red Bull didn't get all the necessary permits. Or at least the Austrians think that Red Bull didn't get all the necessary permits. Ooh.
1: Yeah. You would think that Red Bull would be good about, you know, making sure they cross their T's and dot their I's. Well,
0: you'd think that, but also, you know, considering Red Bull is truly in this sport to promote the brand and the fact that the footage of this happening, at least in Europe, made all the major news outlets— it's been on all the car blogs and all the auto sport blogs. There was a lot of publicity for doing this. If they end up having to pay thirty three thousand dollars in fines, it's probably nothing compared to the publicity they actually got from this.
1: True. True. And Red Bull would make that calculation also. I mean they would go, Okay, what would be the maximum fine versus what what would we get in media out of this? Yeah. Well, you know, it's good to be max. Now, oh, yeah. there is predictions while we're talking about Max. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading a one of those, like, little we have to fill column inches articles. Well, no, no. it's not that part. It's not they got paid to write this. Okay. But it was the um, what to look forward to in 2016.
0: Oh, yeah, everybody does those.
1: And Max driving a Ferrari engine seems to be topping the list. They think that he, Max is already saying that it's going to be faster. Um and could be up to a second faster, and therefore yeah, he, more aggressive overtakes that. and things like that.
0: Yeah, I I just, I go back to, it's still last year's car, or last year's engine. Right. So how much faster is it truly going to be?
1: Well, it's going to be truly faster than last year's Renault engine.
0: Yeah. But when the other Ferrari teams are not running last year's engine... Is it I, I, I just don't see how this is a good decision it, it It doesn't work for me.
1: Well, and they should do everything to make it work for you. exactly. All right, what's our next story?
0: Would you like to know how Adrian Sutil spent his New year's?
1: I know how Adrian Sotiel spent his New year's and it wasn't in jail in China.
0: It was not for once. <laughs> got be you gotta be careful with those jokes because he'll cut you, man. who'll cut you. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm glad he doesn't know me.
1: But, you know, he's still trying to patch up his friendship with Lewis. Like, I knew you once, man.
0: I I think that's gone. So you said you knew. So where?
1: Well, apparently. You remember way back when, when uh, Monisha Kelton-Borden sold three seats for two, well, sold two seats three times?
0: Yeah, it seems like she did it a fourth time, actually.
1: She apparently did it a fourth time. (laughs) And, and who knew? But apparently... Um
0: well, we kind of question it because originally they had announced that Adrian Sutil and Guido Vandergaard were going to be their 2015 drivers. And then they turned around and said, um, yeah, no, 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 we, no. We actually, th- that's not Sutil and Vandergaard. We, we meant it was going to be um, Nasser and somebody else. That's that's it. That's, and and Ericsson nasser and erickson yes very good you you didn't actually hear the other things it's always been nasser and Ericsson. we always had they've always been our drive you know it was just like in 1984 when they come out and they change it's it's yes. always been this forget these other guys <laughs> they're not really there
1: well when they had their moment of hate i'm sure that they yeah. uh they enjoyed that well you know vandergaard w- went immediately and sued because you know, it wasn't right, and it was the principle of the matter, and he fully admits that he'll never drive an F1 again and probably not have anything in racing again Yeah, based on that. Well, it took Sutil a little bit longer. I think he probably was hoping that maybe he could get a seat somewhere.
0: There was that, you know, I, I think also while he was um, engaged with Williams because he was named as their test and reserve driver, which he is not anymore. Mm. Um. I think while he was engaged with Williams, he didn't want to stir this pot.
1: Well, I think that things have unraveled significantly enough for Sutiel that he needed to stir the pot, um, probably for the money. And so he has now sued Sauber. And you have the results of what Zurich came out and said. Well,
0: all they've said is that um, the, te- the case can continue. Oh, okay. So they've said that the case has standing, and they're allowing it to proceed. So, and— you know, you kind of got to assume that
1: this is going to fall not Monisha's way.
0: No, they 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 lost it against Vandergaard.
1: Right. I mean, you kind of figure if they did the same thing, it's most likely it's now, not going to fall what in her favor. we
0: don't know is what, if any, discussions were held between Sutiel and the team— in the last year it's possible that there's some other stuff that could influence the final decision right. we don't know but yes on the surface from what we've seen uh if the van case is any indication this is not going to go well speaking of not going well um you worked on these uh segues didn't um, you uh, just it's falling into place fallen okay yeah. what well, didn't go well um Sauber's 2016 car will not be at the first test in Barcelona. Wah, wah. Now, this, this does not mean that they will not be at the test. They'll be there with the 2015 car at the first test with some 2016 parts and 2016 components on it so that they can run this stuff. But the final design of the car, the, the final 2016 spec car, will not appear until the second test in Barcelona.
1: Ah, but still ahead of Melbourne.
0: Yes. Okay. Also, we got word that uh, the 2016 Renault car has passed the FIA's crash test. Oh, nice. So that is confirmed that they are coming. Um, some word on car launches. Yes. We do not have the date yet for Renault.
1: No, but we have um, McLaren.
0: We, we know February 17th will be the Red Bull livery launch. Not the car, but the livery launch in London. Um, Pending final confirmation, February 18th will be Ferrari's launch online. Uh, February 21st, we'll see McLaren launch online. And Haas do their launch in Barcelona. Okay. On the 22nd will be the full Red Bull launch in Barcelona. Um, Also on the 22nd will be Williams Manor will also be on on the 22nd and on the 1st at this point of march is expected to be sour
1: nice when's a mercedes gonna launch
0: i'm assuming in barcelona Hmm. but those are the ones that we know are somewhat close to being in stone i mean we're we're still pending confirmation final confirmation for ferrari
1: well mclaren just announced their date like yesterday
0: yeah speaking of manor yes they came out word came out earlier this week they have revealed their new name and their new logo they will be racing under the name manor racing team correct no more marusha right marusha is gone and then the following day they announced their new name and new logo which is mrt oh
1: because that worked out well for hrt
0: well that's kind of why they did it Apparently, Mr. Eccleston prefers that these small market teams run under the name of or, or run under initials as opposed to the full name because the name very few people relate to the name and the, he feels that the initials are easier for them to sell off if the team needs to go away yeah
1: okay Bernie you're drunk go home Seriously, what if they do well? Now they're under initials that are designed to be sellable, and if they actually do well, you know we don't have a top team with
0: initials. If well, the thought is if they do well, then they're they've got a brand and they can come out and either be manner or, or at that point they've there's enough value there that they can sell the naming rights to the team. So then. It, You know, you get yourself your title sponsor, and now you're the Airbnb MRT. The
1: Bloke and the Bird MRT
0: team? Yes.
1: Ah, yes. Now—
0: Hey, you know, if you call Ron Dennis, he would gladly do that for just, I think, $60 million. But he would do that. Now, let me get my checkbook. Um, You could even design the colors of the car at that point, too. Excellent. I want plaid. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, anyway, back to something serious.
0: Jackie Stewart's plaid.
1: No, mine. Okay. Um, no, back to something serious. The article that I read... So we're
0: ending the show then. No, <laughs> You said something serious.
1: Stop for a second. Okay. The article I read about Manor, MRT, Marusha's name changes mm-hmm. led with this statement that I loved. The back marker team... Of Manor Marusha has gone through more name changes than it has points. It started as
0: take Virgin. Much. Yes, it did.
1: And so in 2010, it was the Virgin Racing Team. Then it became Marusha. Then it became Manor Marusha. Then it became the Man- Manor. And then now MRT.
0: Yeah.
1: Which nobody ever will have the joke of it's
0: Mert. Well, the thing is, it gives them flexibility now. Because it, it's no different from your Red Bull and your Toro Rosso. As their relationship gets closer with Mercedes. True. Now say, now, now
1: I'm seeing it, because there was talk of it becoming Manor Mercedes.
0: And now, if they actually ended up as MRT Mercedes, and that would... I mean, yeah, it's not the title sponsor, but... They're running at Mercedes engine, so to call them MRT Mercedes would not be inaccurate. True. Sure. Interesting point.
1: I didn't think about that that way, Michael. I appreciate the
0: <laughs> perspective. There you go. So. Remember all the complaints last year about, well, we can't pass because, you know, if we get too close or we run off just a little bit, we get penalized and it's affecting the racing. And, well, okay, wah, it was pretty much only Pastor saying this, but still. <laughs> <laughs> now, there are other drivers who would complain about it also. Um, well, the F1 bosses will be approaching the stewards and asking them to take a more lenient approach to handing out penalties from that one. This is not a bid to encourage overtaking. So the drivers are not afraid to get close to other cars without being penalized.
1: Did we run that past safety?
0: I, You know, I get two different thoughts on this. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, you want the drivers to feel that they can pass and they can take risks and get somewhat aggressive. Mm-hmm. but along the same lines what we don't want is pastor yeah <laughs> or or i wasn't even going to go there actually but more along the lines of you know sebastian vettel and his i didn't go off the track in spa when he was very clearly all four wheels off the track for no good reason right you know it. it's one thing to go and make the pass and have to run a little wide as part of doing that it's a whole nother to run 40 feet on the inside of a corner so that you get around somebody
1: right well
0: and there's a degree of risk yes you want drivers to battle but you don't you also you don't want them to be stupid about it there's no reason for them to be banging wheels off of each other to try and push somebody out of the way
1: right this isn't speed racer Mm mm-hmm I mean, I, I get it. I just I don't know how it's going to be interpreted. And I would really hate that the governing body of F1 is dictating to the stewards how they're supposed to enforce the written rules of F1 and the health and safety rules of F1.
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean, if this is a rules issue and a rules interpretation, this needs to be something to go to the FIA and the FIA needs to come out with clarification. Right. This shouldn't be the teams trying to dictate to the to the marshals how to how to adjudicate stuff. Right. Now granted, there's a lot of issues with the marshalling system. There really is. Especially when it comes to these penalties. There's very little consistency that goes out there. There's no Real standard that anybody is really judged on, I think, other than give pastor points. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. But that's not all that the F1 bosses had to say. No. They have also pushed or, or pitched, and I don't know if this has been approved yet, but was talked about at the, uh, these strategy groups meeting in geneva this past week to come up with a way for fans to be able to vote for driver of the day and best overtaking move after each grand prix as an effort to improve interaction with the sport so this is now minor league baseball no (laughs) more like american idol okay
1: You know what? I bet they'll charge you for the text that you have to send to vote for these things. Yeah. Absolutely. I dislike this plan. Kill it.
0: Well, (laughs) in the early 70s, there was an award for this. As a matter of fact, it was backed by Marlboro, the cigarette company.
1: Yes. As opposed to the other Marlboros in our life? Like the Earl of?
0: The town. <laughs> there, there, there's a town. It's in New Jersey. It's under snow. <laughs> there, there's a well, town.
1: There, there's a town in England too, and they have an earl.
0: Yeah. Um. There's also a push to bring back the pit stop challenge trophy. What this was was awarded to the team with the fastest pit stop of the season. This was something that had been around dhl has been doing it Mm. but they want to try and possibly formalize it
1: well that i like because it's a concrete you know it's like getting the fastest lap it's like you know going purple in the rice i like that it's a concrete number it's not subjective to oh i like their plaid car
0: yeah the prettiest design
1: yeah you know, every, every week it'll be Kimmy, even though Kimmy's, like, out in the first lap because his car breaks on him. Oh, but we like Kimmy so much, so Kimmy's the...
0: Knowing Kimmy, he'll start cursing on the radio because that'll get him the points. For I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that has come out, and we're waiting for more details on it, but out of all of these discussions, it appears that the... Attempt by Jean Todd and Bernie to come up with a third engine has been headed off. Okay. Um, they, the teams have agreed to cut the costs of the engines. Okay, great. Um, it looks like it's going to be somewhere in a region of 7.9 to about 9.5 million pounds an engine, mm-hmm. which is a huge cut because right now they're running between uh, 14 to 18 million pounds an
1: engine. That's almost half price.
0: Yeah. And a, my understanding from what I'm seeing is that this brings them down. Uh, the FIA was targeting about 10 million an engine, mm-hmm. so for the the fact that they were able to come down under that is seen as a big deal. Now, how they're going to do that, we don't know. Uh, I'm assuming that they're going to go with um, slave labor out of China for the assembly. Foxconn maybe is going to do that for them. Possibly um, cheap well, plastic parts that maybe another one. They'll have to one. 3D print them. Well, you know, you can do some some good resilient. I mean, you time up to the metal milling machine, so I don't think it's three D printing. I, I think they're going to go with the cheap plastic stuff, though.
1: Well, they're all going to be driving <laughs> no skeletrics at no, this no point. No
0: more carbon fiber. It's going to be plastic. <laughs> yes. All the crash structures are going to be styrofoam now.
1: Ooh, that yeah. makes some lighter cars. Yeah. Hulkenberg would definitely have a seat then, because his weight wouldn't be a matter. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be a problem. Your seat will now be styrofoam. <laughs> And not the good in injected foam. We mean styrofoam.
0: <laughs>
1: well, you know what Jean Todd also came out this past week to talk about? Well,
0: yeah, we, we talked last we mentioned last week that Jean Todd had dropped hints that uh, refueling was back on the table for the season. And the discussion apparently was had at the strategy group. And my understanding is what happened when Jean Todd threw this out again is the team bosses looked at him and said, Jean, no, shut up. We've been through this already. We told you we're not doing it. It's expensive. No, no, not a word. And out, out. And they threw him out. That was it.
1: I thought they dealt him the exploding kitten card of the big old pile of nope. He might have gotten,
0: actually, I believe it was a cup full of nope is what he was handed. He was handed a cup
1: full of nope. Yes. Um, and if you have not played in our listening audience the game Exploding Kittens, you should.
0: Yes, ExplodingKittens.com. It's now available on as, as an iOS app, but it is not a single-player app, so you need to get your friends and family involved. Very fun game, irreverent.
1: Just like us. Yes. Um, there's a lot of kittens exploding in our world right now. But not his cup of nope on refueling, that is what I was mentioning. Oh. No, Jean-Todd opened up his big mouth to discuss the money situation of F1. Oh,
0: that he can't do anything about because he's powerless. Right. Oh, okay.
1: So basically, Jean-Todd has come out and said that he does not like the distribution of the finances. Now, unlike what you would expect him to be in support of, which is, you know, the winning team get the most money and it go down in a logical manner from one to ten. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, He's not proposing that. That's not what he thinks would be a fair distribution of wealth. What he sees is is that we have too many teams at the top that have so much money. And if you continue to give the winning teams the most money, you just create a bigger and bigger gap of the haves and the have mores. So he actually is proposing the, well, proposing is a hard word to say because he has also said he's powerless to it, but he does not agree in the structure. So if you listen to the words that come out of his mouth about what he hates, what he doesn't like about the payout system now, and then he's powerless to affect anything, I'm guessing that he would like to do a reverse pyramid to give the bottom teams more money to help them develop better because that would end up with better racing. But you know that that's never going to go anywhere, and his, his reasoning and rationale for why that will never go anywhere is that there's too many teams that control the money that are into self-interest and not sport
0: interest well the the only way you could make that work is you need to decouple the money that's paid to the teams through the marketing of the sport and the broadcasting rights of the sport from the prize fund
1: exactly
0: that's the only way you could make that work because that way you can turn around and say you know for coming in number one that is you, you get more money that way. You That's the championship pot, and you deserve to get more. Now, also understand that the more points a team uh, earns every year, the higher their participation fee is. Mm-hmm. They pay on the basis of points just to be in the sport. Right. But so, so in that respect, they get to keep more if you do worse. But by turning around and decoupling it, then you turn around and say, okay, yes, the winner gets the big pot of the prize fund. But in terms of the marketing and ad dollars and broadcasting rights and all of that stuff, that does go in a reverse pyramid where the team that that performed the worst excuse me gets more more money out of that fund.
1: They could do it that way. They could do I mean they could do a couple of different things, but decoupling those two numbers is key along with eliminating the legacy payout. Yes, you, you, you have to start with those two parts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and yes, there is no chance that you're going to entice people to come to the sport and compete at the highest level. If you're not going to pay them more to win. I mean, you, that's the reality,
0: you know, the other thing that you could turn around and potentially do
1: mm-hmm.
0: is you still get rid of the legacy payouts. But instead, you turn around and you go, and you don't decouple the market. You do everything else, but you turn around and say, in order to entice new teams in, and to entice these young teams for three or four years, say your your first three or four years that you're in the sport, what would have been a legacy payout to the old teams go to the new teams.
1: That's an interesting thought.
0: So that allows them it, it catch up
1: it, development. Catch-up
0: development, marketing, operation, and whatever so that they can put a structure in place that works in Formula One. And that encourages new teams to come in. Now, you got to police that very carefully to make sure that you're not gaming the system with a team going, oh, yeah, it's been five years. We're about to run out of the, 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 the newbie money and we're going to close the team for the owners to then go and start up a whole brand new team
1: yeah, to start the-
0: that whole thing all over again.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's different ways to do it, but I, I really like the idea of you decouple and you have a reverse pyramid. And at the end of the day, what you wind up doing is when you talk about the prize fund plus the marketing, f- the participation fee mm-hmm. piece, make it so that there isn't that there's a, there's enough difference so that first place still gets the most money. But there's not that much of a difference between first place and 10th place overall. You know, you may get less prize money, but you'll get more of the marketing fund. And maybe then you can continue. The participation fee is based on how many points you get so that there's how much of of the funds you get to keep. gets controlled a little bit. But the goal is that if the bottom team could have $10 million, they can do quite a bit with it. And... Their growth in the sport with $10 million will be significantly more than what Mercedes can do with $10 million because of where they are already.
0: Yeah. You, you just, you got to be careful. You got to make sure that there is truly an incentive for
1: winning.
0: Yes. Um, otherwise, the teams go, oh, we're just subsidizing all the, the poor teams. And yeah, yeah they, they're not going to go for it.
1: You've got to come up with a a fair way to do that. But I thought that that was the interesting part of the conversation. Not that John Todd came out specifically and said, I believe, in a reverse pyramid. But the fact that he kept talking about giving more money to the ones that constantly win and creating this bigger divide makes it sound like it wouldn't take much to convince him that a reverse pyramid would be a better option. Which means that, you know, McLaren this past year could have, you know, made a little bit more money and maybe (laughs) they could have bought a better engine.
0: They could have bought the old Mercedes and (laughs) stuck that in the car. Yes. Speaking of money. Oh. um, The managing director of Silverstone, Mm -hmm. Patrick Allen, has come out and he said that year-end figures for the circuit are still being finalized. However, it appears that for the first time in many years, the British Grand Prix will turn a profit this
1: year. Oh, good news very good news that managing director has had so much on his plate Mm -hmm. and i am so pleased to hear that they are going to make a profit even if it was like a pound just because of the fact that he did a lot for the families of the sport he did a lot to make it accessible with this concept that accessibility would increase profitability and I think that's a model that other people should start looking at, Bernie. Um.
0: <laughs> well, you know, he, he said that you know he, he streamlined the business. He's addressed a lot of the inefficiencies that were going on, but in term, but they saw the, the results of dropping the ticket prices and the increased promotion that they did La, um, in twenty fourteen, they had one hundred and twenty thousand people at the track on Sunday mm-hmm. for the British Grand Prix. Last year, they had 140000 Wow. And he dropped the price for last year and did a lot more promoting. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's pretty market there.
1: But he also, he dropped it in such a way to encourage families to bring their kids. Yeah. And he did it specifically and came very outright and said, we are not, we are not nurturing the second generation here. So if you keep it expense 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 age of how, who would be free? And mm-hmm. was one of the things that he did. It was just in the general admission ticket, the free age went up so that families could feel free to bring, I think it goes up to like 12 or 13 now, and families could feel free to bring their young children. That's how you get them addicted. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly. And so no longer is it hubby out for the day to go see the F1 race. It's now a weekend.
0: It's
1: a family for, event. Fa- a weekend family event.
0: And he has already come out and said that if he can get Sunday attendance up to 200000 the following year he's going to lower ticket prices again.
1: I think that's phenomenal. I This this guy has got marketing 101 down, and I think that we should praise him for it. I mean, he's not giving away the farm.
0: He's not. and He's
1: not like, I'm going to sell everything for under, our, under what I paid for it, but he's – lowering the prices where they need to be lower to increase the audience which Uh, is important
0: yeah and then our last story is another race story yes there's been concerns over the race in azerbaijan just concerns there there's been well there's questions Mm -hmm. um they announced the schedule for the race the race is supposed to take part it's it is supposed to kick off at six o'clock local time okay now this is after already confirming that there's going to be a conflict between qualifying and le mans because this is the same weekend as le mans which is supposed to be a big no-no mm-hmm. that's going to be a problem in its own right um but there was a lot of question about well wait a minute 6 p.m at night this is not supposed to be a sunset race And it's not supposed to be a lit race. What the Aziris are saying is that sunset is due at 9.14 p.m. So that gives them a three-hour window between the start of the race and sunset. So they should be good.
1: Okay. I don't know. It's going to be a twilight race. It's what they're going to wind up with.
0: You know, long-term, they may—if there is any kind of weather issue or something like that, they're going to have a problem Mm -hmm. because um, they have to be done by sunset. There's no choice. Because there's no lights. There's no lights, and um, one of the findings that came out of the Jewel Bianchi crash was that light levels were probably an issue Mm. because of the weather and how late it was and all of that. And Japan's always one that comes kind of late. We'll see what happens.
1: What's the chances of weather in Azerbaijan?
0: I don't know. Okay. I, I, I don't know what the weather's like there. Um, the other things that we know is that organizers have made 28,000 tickets available for the race. Now, think about that. 28,000 tickets. We just spoke about Silverstone, and they're excited because they went up 20,000 C, uh, tickets sold between last year and this year. At 160,000 people there for the Sunday, and Baku is going to have, so far, 28,000 tickets.
1: So they're expecting a large crowd, is what you
0: that's, that's fewer people than go to the average Yankee game, I think. <laughs> Seriously. They say that 65% of those sold so far have been to race-goers from outside Azerbaijan, mainly folks in the UK, Russia, and Finland. And there's going to be two rounds of the GP2 series to support it. Interesting. I I don't see this race lasting, especially if oil prices stay as low as they are. Because that's where Azerbaijan gets their money from, is there's a very large offshore oil field just off of Baku. Okay. Um, Been around since the 40s. And with oil being as low as it is, they're obviously not making as much money.
1: That's true. That's true. So they'll blame the Saudis. (laughs) think it's all... (laughs) How did we figure out that we could make this Justin Bieber's fault?
0: It's Justin Bieber's fault. Done. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So that's all I got this week.
1: Alrighty. Well, I don't know if there's any reason to stretch the show any further. But, um, so if you have not, because you are under a rock, you need to come visit us on our Facebook page mm-hmm. or le-
0: check out the video of, yeah, it is a little long and drawn out in, in parts, but check out the video on our page of Max Verstappen driving that Formula One, that, uh, Red Bull car. It's not even a Toro Rosso car. It's an actual Red Bull car they gave Nickies to. Oh, really? On the slopes of Kitzbühel.
1: That kid. crazy kid um max if you um like us you could give us a good review on itunes or stitcher
0: yeah and if you don't like us pretend you do and give us a good review
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that would work um better
0: yet if you don't like us subscribe five of your friends to us
1: okay that also (laughs) works if you do like a subscribe 10 there you Uh, go (laughs) anyway um, with that I think we should call it a show
0: I think it's a show